This podcast is brought to you by Primary Intelligence, the leader in win-loss analysis, focused on helping businesses uncover the unique story on how each sales rep can win more deals. Hey everyone, and thanks for joining me on another rousing edition of Sales Intelligence Weekly, brought to you by Primary Intelligence. I'm Ryan Queller. Let me say something maybe provocative. There's no better way to build trust than through the voice of your customers. We should know. We help our clients tap into the voice of their buyers and customers every single day. But as we say on this show, data without action, well, it's just data. One way to action on the data from the voice of your customer is through storytelling. Human beings have been telling stories since the beginning of time, since the cave days. We've been using stories to communicate. Stories help us derive meaning. So how do you take the insights and experiences of your customers and turn them into stories that impact your go-to market strategy? Chatting it up with me today is my favorite hustler, Rish Bandari, founder and CEO of Content Beta. Rish, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Ryan. So introduce our listeners to you, to Content Beta. Tell us more about you and, and your organization. Right. So I'm the founder of Content Beta. I'd like to say founder because the hustle is in the founder, not the CEO. That's right. Um, um, and I run a video and a design service for B2B software. We work with product marketing and uh, customer enablement teams to create creative content at scale. So we basically, it's like your own video and design team where you pay monthly, but but you don't have to hire them or you don't have to search for freelancers. We're pretty quick, uh, as good as overnight. If you have something at 3 a.m., send it to us, we'll send it to you next day. Um, Wait, did you so say next thing? day? Yeah. Yeah, so we, wow. we are we are like it's like a dedicated team you get. Okay, wow, man, that's fast. That is a fat. Why is that important? Why is that turnaround for for video content so important? Why is that important? I think I think overall uh, over last few years, video content is perceived to be time consuming, expensive, um, and and over the last couple of years, new tools have come in where you could create the content yourself. But, and I think most of the agencies are traditional in nature and they stick to that with their old age workflows. What we did was we tried focusing on one particular sector. So we don't do e-commerce, we don't do uh, direct to consumer, we just do software and internet businesses. Um, and we've tuned our process suitable for them. So tomorrow, if we need to hire somebody or get a new project, it's pretty easy for us to turn it around. Oh, that's fun. So, you know, a hustler got a hustle, right? That's, that's a, that's a thing. Hustlers got a hustle. Why this, why video content? Why, why were you drawn to this? Why is this so interesting to you? Uh, so I think story starts from the day we started YouTube uh, and the way YouTube, uh, YouTube algorithm works is how engaging your audience is, right? When, how many people who start watching the video, they end up finishing it. Right, because if you don't, if they finish it up early, you won't go higher in the rankings. In fact, YouTube search algorithm will try pushing you down. So when we reached 300k subscribers, we thought probably we've cracked it. Um, what 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 should we do next? And then suddenly, what we realized is when we started searching our own content on Google search engine, 
the YouTube videos come before text content. And we thought probably this is how Google is thinking. And uh, if you look at uh, Amazon, Alexa voice searches are faster than the pages. Um, so probably media content is getting a lot of more interest. And on the so other side, there were a lot of mega trends that, hey, uh, there's TikTok and there's uh, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shots. Uh, attention span is going going down. You can't hook your audience uh, without a story, without a visual aid. So I think that's that's what uh, uh, got us motivated that, hey, this is what we should target. And uh, on the supply side, where we thought that software companies ha didn't have a lot of, uh, they were not mature enough in terms of creative. I mean, you go to e-commerce companies, they are kick-ass. Go to any B2C brand, they are kick-ass at creators, kick-ass at marketing, but software companies had a lot to catch up. And that's, we thought that, hey, this could be an opportunity we could tap into. So I love that. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that that software companies are maybe lagging in the content creation? Why why them? I think they're too busy to create the product. Um, and and over a period of time, I think people have realized that just the product, of course, you need the best product. That's the hygiene factor. You need the best product, but you also need amazing content because tomorrow somebody else will come up with the same product. They could copy your product, they could copy your features, but they can't copy your marketing. They can't copy your content. Um, and they can't copy your GTF. So I think uh, content has started becoming a differentiator and software companies are realizing it. I and mean, you've seen Drift and you've seen HubSpots of the world. They've really changed the way you look at uh, SaaS. Absolutely. Okay, so we've already started to kind of tap into this idea um, in, in addition to uh, maybe SEO or Google searches, why are customer so stories, right? Why are these stories from your customers so important in a B2B go-to-market go strategy? Um, I think B2B has generally been sales-led, right? Uh, when, when I say sales-led, there's a sales rep who will try to make a contact, who will try to pitch you either through email, call, social media. And then they try to get you on a call and again pitch you, hey, these are my features and these are the benefits and this are the product works. Sometimes in this entire journey, um, I mean, if you're not a big brand, right? I mean, of, of course, if you are Salesforce, people know what Salesforce stands for. But if you're not a big brand, which is for most of the case, you you sometimes miss the trust that how do you, how do you install trust? I mean, how do you make sure that your prospect is um, is convinced or you've given a compelling reason to uh, make your process believe that this could be a good tool, right? I mean, a sales rep could talk for hours, but if you get somebody like another prospect, right? Like a mirror image of that person, um, say another customer, and if you make them talk, I think the sales process becomes uh, relatable, right? I mean, you, you find, you mirror yourself in the other person, and somehow you start believing it more than the sales rep because sales rep is incentivized on sales. He's motivated um, to complete his quota, but a customer is a neutral party. I mean, it's a user. In fact, he's not even financially motivated to make sales for you. But what we've seen is customers are the best sales, best sales rep. Um, and if you can somehow um, ask your customer to uh, make a sales pitch on your behalf, that's magical. It is. It really is. And I love that idea. Your customer is your best sales rep. Absolutely. Um, okay. 
So where in the customer journey should you be using customer stories? I mean, you've mentioned this idea that uh, there's this digital transformation happening. More and more buying is happening online, less sales-led and more um, you know, consumption of content and information online. But where in this customer journey should we employ these stories? So customer customer videos or case studies are typically content for middle of the funnel or a bottom of the funnel when you know your uh, prospect is uh, either problem aware or or solution aware um, and that's the right time and that's a big gap in at least for the software world where uh, there is not enough of the middle and the bottom of the funnel content so i think that's the idle place um, another area where I've seen uh, this kind of content sitting well is remarketing, right? So if if you've already been on my website or if you've already spoken to my rep, now how do I make sure I stay on top of your head, right? Without being salesy. So what I would want to do, I would want to show you some of my customers' quotes or some of my customers' words to re-emphasize that, hey, this, this product is really cool or this, pro- this product is solving uh, problem X, that, that's a big deal for me. Uh, what I've also seen these days is people running um, short ads like YouTube YouTube ads or LinkedIn ads. You would have seen Zapier running few uh, these days where they pick up a, pick, make like a 15 to 30 second kind of a clip, just, just telling a story about how customer went from zero to hero um, in terms of automation. And, and that's, a, that's another powerful way to attract attention. So I would say um, most of the time in middle and bottom of the funnel and probably uh, somewhere in between the top and the middle um, when you're doing paid marketing ads. So why do you think the middle and the bottom of the funnel um, have less content than the top of the funnel? Um, I think it's because how marketers are driven, right? So marketers are driven about, uh, hey, how many people I mean, how, how, how can I get more people aware of my brand? How can I get more people come on my website, right? Um, and they believe that the product will solve the purpose. Looking at the product or looking at the product copy, it could solve the purpose. And then they miss that, hey, uh, probably we didn't create enough content for middle and the bottom of the funnel. And this typically happens in sales set where you rely on salespeople to create those assets um, or probably marketing team could help. But that content is slightly old school, right? They'll send you like a 10-page PDF. Who's got time to read the 10-page PDF for you? Um, so I think lack of engaging content is what is required. I mean, only customer videos could not be a solution. There could also be product demo videos, right? So instead of getting somebody on a call for 30 minutes just to show them how a particular use case is being solved, throw them into short, short demo videos. Tell them a story of your product, uh, what problems the product is fighting with um, in a form of a story where your product is the hero, not not those cartoon animations which you see typically explain our videos. So I think these two types of content forms are really good for a middle and bottom of the funnel. Yeah. Okay, let's let's change tack a little bit and move towards the identification of customers. So you've got all these customers, all these stories. How do you identify which customers will advocate for you? So I think uh so I think of it as the pyramid, right? Um, in the bottom of the pyramid is somebody uh, who's just started using your uh, product. And top of the pyramid is somebody who's like 
like the number one user. He's like making creative uses of your platform or your service of your product, right? So, and the middle is somewhere who's not reached, reached at the top. The poor using some bot and they would have spent some time with you. So what I would recommend my customers is to figure out the top and the bottom, so figure out both extremes. Somebody who's just started using your product and got early wins, get that excitement, capture that excitement in form of a video. Um, or somebody at the top who's been like pro, who's been, who's naturally an advocate for you, could be talking about you at communities, at events, at presentations, pick that guy um, and ask him to tell the story. Okay. So you've identified those folks, those folks that are either top end users, the power users, the kick ass out in front, always rocking it. And the new, the noobs who are having early wins. What are some of the questions you should ask when crafting a customer story? So, uh, so customer story is uh, very tricky. A lot of people, they, uh, so, uh, they send questions to their customers, right? Hey, you got to be prepared. Right, we have an unusual approach. We say, let's just have a conversation, right? Let's uh, let's forget that it's a testimonial video. Let's just have a conversation. Could be could be like a podcast type of conversation, right? And and you ask some questions uh, like, hey, why did you choose choose this product, right? Or can you explain what we do uh, in like two or three sentences, right? And you'll find like, wow, they they. They are describing something in a way to different way than what your website homepage is talking about. Or you could ask them that, hey, what are different options did you try, right? So, uh, and and where did you fail or where did you win, right? Then you could ask, hey, what were your objections, right? What were you afraid of when you wanted to try us out? Um, and probably you'll hear about their early objections. You could use those objections to solidify your story that, hey, um, you could be having the same problems too. And let's see, this guy solved the problem using this product. Um, and then you ask them to quantify um, to whatever extent they can to that what change it happened in their organization. Did it improve the customer? Did they improve their revenues, their leads, or decrease the customer tickets, or even decrease their time required for each of these processes? So I think um, uh, in summary, what I would ask is, Hey, why did you choose this? Describe us. What problem did you solve? Um, what were you afraid of and what changed the most? Um, I still recommend, maybe you could send like a few bullets to make your customer feel um, feel okay. But you have to be like a journalist in that conversation. You got to find, and there are a lot of follow-up questions, which may be beyond those four or five bullets, which I said, to make sure that the customers say the right, I mean, you you get their internal motivation out in a form of conversation. Um, so yeah, so and that's one of one of the other reasons why um, I don't ask customer to record themselves. I mean, there are tons of tools which which uh, you could just say, hey, can you record yourself and send it to us? I mean, can you record a Zoom Zoom recording for uh, like your with your own self and send it to us? Don't do that. Um, become like this journalist and asking your guests difficult questions questions, uh, the answers of which could make your story more compelling. Okay. So I think we're cooking with gas here. This, um, this idea of being proactive in addressing concerns um, and, and being proactive, anticipating potential problems that other buyers might be bumping into, that is 
that is powerful stuff and asking those deep questions about, you know, what fears did you have? That's a lovely way of bringing the humanness, right? The, the humanness to the forefront and, and not have it be BS, right? Totally, totally. Um, and one more thing, which, which uh, I mean, a lot of customers and forget customers, even we as an individual, sometimes we feel it's too it's a lot of obligation towards a customer because they have to now spend some time coming to me. So the way we project this is don't make it like a customer testimonial video session, right? Make it like a customer spotlight session. Tell your customer that, hey, we'll have a conversation and probably I clip up some best parts and give it to you. It could be it could be something like an industry trend or something which they see may not be ever related to your product, but make your customer feel special and make him feel that hey this is like a like a one on one interview which we might produce it pub, uh, publish uh, publish it uh, publicly. But um, and you also can also mix in your product questions. I think don't make your customer feel that you are interviewing him uh, about how your how they felt using your product. Make them feel special that hey. He considers you as an expert in this domain. I would love to learn about your insights. Spotlight. Love that. Okay. So our customers are busy. We, we've, we've identified who we might think might be a good advocate for us, but they're busy, right? They, they're, they're running their businesses. They're living their lives. How do you incentivize customers maybe to participate in a customer story or testimonial? So there are five techniques we recommend. One is, um, your company swag. You could go create create your own branded charger, branded AirPods, branded bag, branded water bottle, and just send them. Even before asking that, hey, can we do a customer video? Just send it to them and then ask. First send, then ask. Um, what we uh, also do is sometimes we send. So when we do remote video testimonials, we send like a recording kit to your to your guest. When I say recording kit, it's like a 1080p camera, microphone, uh, lights, like a ring light. Um, and sometimes we say that, hey, you can retain this recording studio for life. It's it's like a token of appreciation for you spending time. Um, you could do Amazon gift cards that hit a $50 card or uh, uh, something like that. Uh, you could do discounts on your features that, hey, you are on the base plan, please help us out. And here is your uh, medium plan. Um, and last is probably one um, one with a lot of people like is Gold Belly. So go to goldbelly.com, find something which is like a like food treat in that city and just order it from there. It's like very similar to DoorDash, but it's from that local city. Um, it's another way to thank the customer for taking out the time. Okay. I think that's actually creative. I, I never even considered sending uh, like a recording kit. I think that's brilliant. That is brilliant. Um, and I think people would appreciate that tremendously. Okay. So, so let's, you started going into some tips. Let's get into some more tips. Um, what, what could you tell us, you know, what are some tips for making your customer stories speak, right? Speak to your prospects on maybe a deeper level. So I think, uh, you got to make it, uh, visually related, right? So a typical customer story is one and a half to two minutes. Now, you can't get your customers talking straight for two minutes because sometimes your eyes, I mean, you get distracted. And if you look at the same constant face, you might get, you might even get bored. 
So what we do is we add a lot of B-rolls. So if customer is saying that, hey, they help me fix my menu, we'll show your product or your uh, probably a stock video uh, where your product is basically fixing that menu. If you say that, hey, uh, moving the like moving the files from folder A to folder B was tedious. You just show the same visual how you do this in the product. So so basically, you show the same possibilities which your customer is trying to explain is in the form of B roll, and you mix your customer's voice with that B roll. And this transitioning between customer B roll, customer B roll, I think that makes uh, the video more engaging and the story more compelling. Uh, another thing which we do is we. Uh, ask the customer to share us their uh, their guests to share us their company's uh, videos. A lot of companies have their own set of stock videos. Uh, stock videos are in their own office show, shots or own um, uh, work, work, the workforce shot, the team shots. And we use the same um, and try to animate that in the B-roll. So it it uh, it communicates emotion. It doesn't just say that, hey, we've, um, we've cut down the time. You can actually show them that, hey, this is how they're working and this is how they're cutting down the time. It makes it more relatable. So I think uh, B-roll using either the company shots, if you don't have two stock videos or use your product shots, um, very relevant to what your customer is talking about. Yeah, that's brilliant. Any other tips that you might suggest uh, for creating um, interesting customer stories? Anything else? Um. Uh, what what we've done uh, recently is we've, we've, we've done like 15 customer calls, right? Like how you and I are talking on Zoom. Now, these are not very high quality. Zoom doesn't throw high quality videos or audio. But what we've done is from those 15 recordings, we've created uh, like each, each recording of four or five seconds. And those 15, we've stitched them together with our own messaging. It has, um, it has, customer's voice and our messaging and we've made it like a mashup. Now this kind of this kind of content really makes it uh, juicy when you want to communicate a lot of um, ideas in shortest possible time, kind of like a brand video, but from the customer's point of view. Um, and you could, it doesn't have to be just video, you could even have audiogram, but it has to be realistic. It cannot be just words on the screen, either voice or video with voice. And I think that mashup, I mean, I don't know if you've seen uh, metadata video. We recently created one for Nectar HR where, we, where they had close to 18 recordings and we stitched them together into a mashup. I think really powerful way to communicate um, what your brand stands for from the customer's point of view. So we're talking about interest, right? We're talking about, and, and there was one specific word that I want to I want to go into a little bit further. And that was, you mentioned uh, demonstrating emotion, right? We, we need to have these videos draw emotion. Why is that important? Why is the emotional part maybe just as important as, you know, what's being said? Why is that so important? Um, I think emotion is part of uh, anybody's storytelling framework. I mean, we, we are in love with the uh, AIDA framework. Um, and whenever we create customer stories, we normally aggravate the situation, right? If customer is in a problem, the next shot is what was he suffering with the problem just to make sure that, hey, just get this person out of the problem. Uh, so we use both positive and negative, uh, negative terms of aggravating the pain the customer was going through. Um, and that's mostly using customer's voice. Um, and when there is positive stuff, we basically show B-rolls, right? Something 
that hey people are smiling or uh, the company's team is happy their boss is happy and i think i think communicating emotions really completes the way you tell story okay so emotion um another thing one of the problems that many people have when they're dealing with a marketer, you know, any marketer or salesperson or product manager or product developer, there's all this data, all this insight that's out there. But what's difficult is making sense of the data and the insights that's out there, understanding how does it apply in basically attaching meaning to the data and insights. How does video how does telling story with video drive meaning? That's a good question. Um, so the old way of sharing insights, I mean, that's pretty common with all McKinsey's of the world, is to create a report or a presentation deck. Um, and that's a, it, it seems it's really objective in a way of thinking. Um, it's faster to consume. And it generally is to the point, there is no faff around it. Um, but if you want to create a, a deeper impact, I think what, what McKinsey's of the world do is they create, create text copies. But if you want to talk to masses um, in a different way so that they are compelled to take some action, I think you've got to show it visually. And by visually, I don't mean static images. Visually has to be in the form of... Uh, some communication, which is slightly more engaging and videos I think is the best bet, but it could also be audio, audiograms, could also be podcasts, right? Uh, so I think I think uh, it's really important to uh, make your content visually appealing, uh, especially when you're dealing with masses. If, you're, if, you're, if your content is being consumed by select few, probably the top management, just stick to your PowerPoint decks or your PDF document. But if you're talking to the masses, I think it really makes sense to um, create videos out of it. Absolutely. Okay. So we've now identified uh, the customer. We've incented them to participate with us in telling the story. Um, we're, we're asking good questions to help drive interest, you know, an interesting video. We've got our video. What do we do with it? Right. So distribution is king in, in, in Hollywood. They, they talk, I have friends that work there. Distribution is king. Right. So how and where do you, do you distribute these stories? So I'll tell you the top places where our customers use. If you are a PLG SaaS, you most likely have a free trial on your sign up page. Use that video. Make sure that person who's visiting that page is hundred percent signing up. Right, so that's number one spot on your sign-up page. Uh, you can use it in your prospecting emails, not in the first or the second email, probably uh, in the third or fourth email, or probably when the customer responds to your uh, first email. Um, it really makes it really bridges the gap of trust for your your recipient and your cold email. Um, second thing which I would do is a lot of a lot of people create proposals. Proposals on Proposify or PandaDoc. Um, add your video testimonials there. Uh, could even be your uh, contracts or could even be your pricing page. Uh, add testimonials there just so that even if your 
viewer is having a second thought that, hey, let me consider the other option which I thought about or with a, which we did a discovery call previously. They shouldn't have that second thought on your pricing page. Um, on your product activation, right? So let's say you now have a trial user who's just started to use your product. Um, show them uh, how other customers are solving the same problem, right? Because now your goal is to make sure that that trial user is married to your product, who finds a product super interesting to solve his problem. You got to make sure that he converts into a paid customer, and and for that you got to make him uh, stick to your customer, stick to your product. Um, and we uh, a lot of people use such customer videos during product activation, um, and then real top of the funnel kind of ads. So you could you could show fifteen to twenty second kind of a clip. So probably you uh, I mean, that's that's our golden rule. We record a thirty minute session with our customer. Um, we capture two minutes of that and convert into like a finished publishable video. Now, two minutes is still too much for social media. So we cut that into 30 seconds, probably 45 seconds and put that on social media. So I would say use, you could use that on LinkedIn posts, company posts or LinkedIn ads. Um, uh, probably you could use them on Instagram stories if you are slightly more consumer centric. Uh, so these are the areas which I would think are the top use cases of where your customer video could sit so that you could see more growth. So let's let's talk a little bit further after their customer. We, we've talked a lot about video production for the front end of the funnel, right? That the, the the top or the middle and the in the bottom end of the of the funnel, really in the marketing and customer acquisition. Uh, you've given some really, really powerful tips on where to place those videos and why, which were brilliant. By the way, I had never even considered a video on the pricing page. Brilliant. I totally get that, right? That resonates. Let's talk about as their customers. Is there a way to leverage video content <clears throat> to your existing customers uh, as, a, as a means of, um, you know, as you mentioned before, maybe remarketing or potentially solidifying their purchase decision or protecting or creating a moat around a potential churn? You know, what, what do you think? So I think um, I slightly go away from the customer's uh, videos and maybe towards more product videos. So I think, uh, so the goal for your customers is first is product activation, right? And product activation is, is your number one goal to make sure your customer is adopting it. And for that, you need a couple of styles of content. One is which use cases are being used for that product, right? Because when you don't know what your customer is thinking, you know what your customer's problem is. You may not know that. Um, and if you could show the possibilities of what this product can do, I think and customer has an ability to pick one of these possibilities. Um, I think that's one way to use it is product activation. Um, second is to create content um, where you could, which is I mean, in master's hierarchy, this is more towards um, the top end of the pyramid, where you make your audience kick ass as a as a as a professional, right? So if I'm an email marketing software, um, I got to make my customer best in email marketing, not just my software. Because if he becomes a better email marketer, um, he'll naturally stick around with the product. Um, and the third one, which I see, is feature launches, right? So today you have uh, probably a product, and probably a quarter or six months from now, your product will have. 10 new features or four new use cases. I think 
you need to continuously educate your existing users that hey you could use this feature and get early feedback that hey is this is this feature valuable for you or not should we go deeper with creating sub features or deeper use cases using that same feature um so i think these three areas product activation uh making them better professional in whatever career they are um and new feature launch i think these three areas where uh, we use a lot of videos Fantastic. All right. Rounding down our, or winding down our conversation here. If you had one piece of advice to our listeners that you would, that you would share with our listeners on getting started with video content and, you know, moving down this, this path of telling stories, tell, telling their customer stories, what is that single piece of advice that you would give them? Um, I think a lot of people create videos using looms of the world. I mean, you could just record your screen, record yourself. Uh, and just just speak. Uh, what I would recommend is to first write down what you got to speak. Uh, it it might sound boring to create a script, and you may not have to even read it while you are recording your own video. But the kind of clarity it gives you in your head about is my messaging okay? Am I am I am I meeting my goals? I think that is phenomenal. So always write your script down in your notepad in your letterhead wherever you want but just make sure so you're super clear when you start creating your own content phenomenal advice rish thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing these these insights with us appreciate it thank you for having me ryan and listeners this is this is only episode one we will be having our friend back our favorite hustler from mumbai back on the show in the not too distant in not too distant future. So join us for the second episode as well. And, and listeners, for more from our friends at Content Beta and from us here at Primary Intelligence, check out the show notes at www.primary-intel.com forward slash podcast. And remember, no deal is out of reach. We'll see you next time.